Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's pray and get into the Word tonight. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We've been looking at certain things that are foundational or basic to our growing up spiritually and becoming matured to fit into the purposes of God and the assignment of God for our lives. Uh, we've look, looked at fasting, we've looked at prayers, we've looked at a couple of other things, quiet time, personal devotion to the Father. And these are things that God is sharing with us so that He can mold us into fulfilling His purpose and His will. And I want to pick up something this evening. I will continue on Sunday because, obviously, because of our time. So I'll, I'll start to introduce the conversation. And afterwards, we'll pick up on Sunday. So we won't look at what it means to be a disciple. To be a disciple. That concept of discipleship to be a disciple now it's important for us to understand something that God's call and God's requirement is discipleship praise God the call of God the requirement of God is discipleship. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, it's important. Don't, don't miss it. When you look into the scriptures, the Bible says, go into all the world and make disciples. So, the, the idea of God for Christianity is not just that of being a church goer. The idea of God for Christianity is not just that you belong to a church. The church, like ours and several other churches all over the world, are expressions are like containers to produce disciples of Jesus. Praise God. Now, it's important that when we measure our life, we are not measuring our life by, it's good to be committed to the church, but we're not measuring our life just by commitment to church. We are measuring our life by how far we have become disciples of Jesus. Are you following this now? now? Now, listen to me carefully. 
You are not measuring your life by your commitment to the church. Commitment to the church is part of discipleship. But in measuring your Christianity, it is how far you have become a disciple of Jesus. That's how God is measuring you. So, because sometimes, we even sometimes can measure ourselves with ourselves. And Paul says that comparing themselves with themselves, he says they are not wise. They are not wise is another word for they are fools. But you know he's an apostle. So he would say they are not wise. If I, if I come down and I say you are not wise, what have I said? Don't say it, but that's what I've said. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, but Paul, now, because I can look at myself and say, you know what, I'm better than my wife. But I can be better than my wife, or my wife can be better than me, but both of us are still falling short of the main mark. Which is that we become disciples of Jesus. Praise God. Are you following this now? So I can look at my sister and say, well, I'm, at least I'm better than this. Have you heard people say like that? Say, my Christianity is not strong, but at least it's better than your own. Have you heard, have you heard that? That, that's, that's nonsense. Because the measurement of your Christianity is not against your fellow brother. The measurement of your Christianity is how close you are to Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate standard of the Christian faith. We, we have to bring these things back. Jesus is the ultimate standard of the Christian faith. That's why Jesus said, on the last day, he will tell some people, he say, but did we not perform miracles in your name? He says, I don't know you. You know why? And somebody said, how can somebody perform miracles in the name of Jesus? Do you know why? Demons obey that name. Satan obeys that name. So if you use that name because of what Jesus had accomplished, they will obey. But it doesn't mean that your life is right. But the test of a believer is his life. That's why you can do all kinds of things and still minister. God will honor his name. God will honor his word. Are you following what I'm saying? God will honor his name. He will honor his word. Paul says, I don't want to preach to others so that I will not become a castaway. What is he trying to say? He's saying that my life has to be conformed to the message. So, so we're talking about to be a disciple. That's the goal. You see, I'll, I'll talk about this extensively on Sunday, but I'm just doing an introduction. Hmm? When they went to Antioch, the Bible says they were fed called Christians in Antioch. Why did they call them Christians in Antioch? Because they saw something. It wasn't because they saw a sticker from the church. They saw a life that was like the life of a rabbi called Jesus. And he said, no, these people are followers of the way. That's what in fact they call it. They are followers of the way. When they refer to them as followers of the way, what are you talking about? The way that Jesus brought. That means, predominantly, a Christian has to be identified by his behavior. That's the number one way to identify a Christian. Not with his Bible. But by his what? His behavior. That means that someone ought to look at us and say, you know what? This is a child of God. Because there's been so much emphasis in the body of Christ on imputed righteousness, which is righteousness by faith. 
But as we began to emphasize imputed righteousness, we almost began to de-emphasize practical righteousness. Now, that, that's where the disconnect is. Because we cannot have imputed righteousness and not allow that righteousness to influence. You cannot be stealing from me and say you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's not the life that Christ brought. Praise God. Are you still here? So, ultimately, your goal is to be like Jesus. That's your goal. As you are seated here today, as you are listening to me, that's your assignment. That's the mandate of the scriptures for your life. It's not to... It's, it, if you are better than your neighbor, it doesn't mean you have attained the mark. Because your neighbor is not the standard. So Paul says... Follow me as I follow Christ. That means, even Paul is not the standard. Paul can only be followed as Paul follows who? Christ. But if you don't know Christ, how will you know if Paul is following Christ? That's why we have people who, who, who their pastors have led them into all kinds of stuff because they don't even know the word. I, I saw a young, a young man on Facebook. Um, I, I used to know him. Somewhere, and uh, I, he started out as a pastor. And some few months ago, I saw he changed his title to that of an apostle. You know, the quickest way to to the quickest way to 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 become an apostle is to open a Facebook account and click the edit button. They write apostle in front of your name. <laughs> and I saw him two nights ago with Cain, and there were people in the church. They, you know, I've, I've, I've watched some videos some people send. You just think probably they are acting it. Until I saw this one that I know. And you, he was teaching the members to flog their problems. That, that he was saying stubborn problems. That's, that's the title of the program. <laughs> I unfriended him actually. <laughs> I had compassion on him to unfriend him because I didn't want to engage him. So I, I needed space to make some things. But I was just wondering. How do you do that? How do you do that? Because, you know how we degenerate into those things? Because we have changed the goal of Christianity. That, and we'll talk about this, we'll talk about this, that the goal of Christianity is our comfort. That is a problem. So anything that is not comfortable we almost develop a theology to do what? To, to, to just overcome it. How many of you know Daniel knew that if he prayed, we're talking about prayer, Daniel knew that if he prayed, the answer to that prayer will come to him while he was in the lion's den. Because eh? that's what the king wrote. Come on, you don't know that? That's what the king wrote, that anybody who prays to another god that is not Nebuchadnezzar will be thrown to the lion's den. That's what the king wrote. So, Daniel knew that by committing to prayer, if God was going to answer, it would be inside the lion's den. Because in those days, the king's words were law. So, let's assume now that if we all know, right? If we all know, let me, let me read something to you. If we all know that if we pray, coming to church, Right? The king of the land has made a law that if you come to church, if you come to church and you pray, they are going to throw you into the lion's den. If you pray to God, 
Alright? And if you don't pray to him. Now, the first question you ask yourself is, how many people want to pray out loud in the first place? You see, that's why I like my pastor. He has said, God can hear anything, even silent prayers. <laughs> let, let me show you something. This is the end of the message, but let me start from here. Go to, go to Acts 14.22. Just, just lay an introduction. So I can't, can't really teach anything here. Let me just lay some introduction here. I say this. Uh, Acts 14.22. I'll show you something here. Talking about discipleship as our goal. And this thing about comfort, hmm? this thing about comfort, this thing about my happiness, hmm? my comfort, my life, it is the greatest problem why we cannot advance the kingdom of God. Because when, when things come up, the first thing we are considering is me. In me. How can this benefit me? You, you discover that, for instance, if things happen to us, we would, we would rather, I mean, some believers, let me not say we, because we're, we're perfect people here. We would rather a church is destroyed and scattered than we are inconvenienced for the sake of the body. I don't know if you get, if you get my example. We would rather a fellow believer stumbles than not eat meat so that his faith will be strengthened. You know, sometimes, I mean, we talk about these issues and we say, listen, you can't dress this way. I say, what is wrong with it? No, it's not about something wrong with it. It's about how that influences the faith of people coming up. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? So it takes a level of maturity to say, Paul says, this thing is lawful, but I will not do it so that I will give other people an opportunity to be matured in the faith. In that, in that, in that, in that circumstance, you've put the kingdom first before your personal preference. That if I go this way, even though I'm matured, these people might not understand, but for the sake of the ones coming, I would restrain my interest so I can advance the kingdom. Look at how the exhortation they gave these people. Verse, verse 21. Let's start reading from verse 21. Look at this. It says, And after they had preached the gospel to that city, and had made many disciples, not just Christians, they made many disciples. Because listen to this, when you got converted, when you got converted, you were rejected by your family. You know, when we got, when, <laughs> when we got born again, right? We got born again in an environment where, oh, you are rejoicing, ah, you are happy. When my, my dad got born again, my, my, both of my, my grandparents were idol worshippers. And it wasn't like they worshipped idols. Uh, they didn't worship idols out of convenience. They were committed ones. They worshipped idols to the... As far as you can worship it. <laughs> Very committed. They were foods my grandfather did not eat till he died. Because his idol said he should not eat those foods. 
That is, those food, listen to this, they were not temptations to him. He was so committed that everybody around him, including us, the grandkids, know that he doesn't eat this food because his idol said he should not eat. It was clear. It wasn't a debate. You were not, you were not having a discussion on that. That's why I said he self-committedly. It wasn't like, because when my dad gave his life to Christ, that was the end of my grandfather's commitment to his education. That's what it costed my dad to be born again. That, oh, because you are supposed to inherit the throne. You understand? Of committed idol worshippers. So since you have chosen not to be part of this faith, his own faith now, the God you said you want to serve, we have to pay your school fees. Because in this house, this is the God we serve. It is clear. It's not. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm using his example now to teach us, you know, negative into the positive. Their commitment to idol worship was non-negotiable. It wasn't like, let's talk. There was no middle ground. If you go this way, this is it. If you go this way, this is it. So even you as a Christian knew your boundaries when it comes to whatever their idols engaged in. There were days my grandfather didn't go to the market, didn't go anywhere. Because those days were the Sabbath days of his idols. So he's not coming. There was no amount of money. Listen carefully now. There was no amount of money that would make that man leave his house. Yet, the man was worshipping a man-made God. But his commitment was extreme. And he was rewarded negatively for it also. Because he got to an extent where, where he needed to treat people, he could walk into the forest, even having no idea of what he needed. And he would hear leaves speaking to him. That is another level of demonic engagement. But it takes commitment for the demonic world to open to you at that level. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is a disciple of the gods. That's why the gods could trust him with information. So when you transpose that to the kingdom, look at the example now. It says, after they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Inconum and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, look at the encouragement, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. How about that for encouragement? Praise God. Imagine you just got born again. And I came and I said, well, you know what, guys? I just want you to be strengthened. I, I want you to be encouraged in the faith. Through many tribulations, you will enter the kingdom. And the scripture says they encourage them by this statement. You know where our challenge is? We want to enter the kingdom without any iota of tribulation. But the Bible says, through much tribulation, we will enter the kingdom. This is scriptures. See, some of those verses we have skipped, we need to go and reread them again. You know why? Because the ways of the kingdom will oppose the way of the world. So, the world will fight you and persecute you. If you're not being persecuted, if you're not being fought, if you're not being antagonized, 
But in Luther say, if you are walking and you are not meeting the devil, he said, both of you are going in the same direction. I'm not saying you should go and invite trouble, but, but there are commitments that will stir the gates of hell. There are commitments that will stir the enemy all over you. There are commitments that will make the world to come after you. It's the commitment of discipleship. It's not a commitment of comfort. And this thing is serious business. Because this is what God said we should do. That even as pastors, actually, you know, I can come and say, we've got a church of 200 members. We have a church of 200 members. is not equal to the fact that we have 200 disciples of Jesus. There's a difference between the numbers and members of our church and disciples of Jesus. So, you can actually, you know, you can actually as a pastor at the end of the day, pastor a million people and only have three disciples. That are conformed to the image of Christ. That is even if you are even a disciple. Because you can actually pastor people and you're not a disciple. You know that scripture says it. I'll give you an example. Moses led the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt. They got to where they were about to enter Canaan. The whole congregation denied the report of God. Chose to go back to Egypt rather than go to Canaan. Said God should kill them in the wilderness. I mean, they and only two people made it. How would you think of that as a successful pastor? This, I mean, there was no miracles in general of Israel in sea. Red Sea parting, meat flying from the east, water from the rock, shoes. I mean, you guys buy shoes all the time. These guys wore one shoe for years. Shoe was growing with their leg. Natural force not abated. They had money in the wilderness. What do you do with gold in the wilderness? Pillar of cloud by day. Sun wasn't hitting them. In the night, there will be pillar of fire. You haven't seen miracles. This was not like they were describing. Everybody saw these things. Yet they denied and lived in unbelief. The scripture says the gospel preached to them did not profit them because they did not mix it with faith. And only two people, I was reading the story today, and only two people entered the promised land. And the scripture says, which is one of the words used for discipleship, and the scripture says, disciple in the Greek is Bathetis. The scripture says, Caleb had a different spirit because he followed me fully. That there is discipleship. To follow God fully. Not following God at the point of our convenience. Praise God. But I said, praise God. Are you still here? Are you enjoying this? You should. If you want to be a disciple. <laughs> you know people rejected opportunities to become disciples of Jesus. The rich young ruler. The man. Master, master, I, I want to follow you. And God says, God sell all you have and give to the poor. The Bible says he went away downcasted. Say, for he had many possessions. What he actually told Jesus is, no, I'm not selling. But don't forget, when they ask him, have you kept all the commandments? He said, I've been keeping all the commandments from youth. That means he was a member of the church. Because discipleship is measured by obedience. What does God want you to do now? Not by taking the, the rules and regulations of the church. I mean, he says, I've kept all the laws. Okay, God says, okay, fine. There's one more law I want you to keep. 
the law of total and absolute dependence on me, where mammon is not competing with me in your heart. Come, follow me. Go sell. This man who kept all the laws, say, I'm not doing that one. As for these possessions, don't just leave it. Because we negotiate our discipleship limits. You know, there are areas in our life God cannot touch. It was like when Pharaoh was letting the children of Israel go. He says, go, leave your cattle. Go, leave your children. And Moses says, no, we will go with everything. So there are areas in our life we can submit to God. And there are areas we don't want to submit to God. So I can submit this area. This area, no, 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 it's okay. No, no, this one, God, don't, don't worry. I know what I'm doing here. Just take care of this one. So it's, it's, it's negotiation. And unfortunately, we've also, as pastors, not helped matters because we've also raised a body of believers who believe that as, if I just give money to God, He is fine. So once I do my tithes, then I'm okay. I've paid the mafia boss for the month. So God's role in our life is to be holding the devourer. Eh? And be telling angels, he don't pay, he don't pay, he say, don't pay, it's okay, don't worry, don't worry. You know, it's like Agberu now. Just say, have you paid for the month? Say, he has paid. Where's his tithe card? Yeah, okay, so we'll be holding the devourer. Have you paid? Yes, have you paid? Yes. And we think that's all God is. We think all God is about in our life is to bless us, to protect us. That's just his role. He does not have a will. He does not have a mind. He does not have a purpose. All God just did is create human beings, protect them from evil, and bless them. Protect them from evil and bless them. However they want to live is fine. Whatever they want to do is okay. Whatever they want to do with their time is okay. Whatever they want to do with their money is okay. Whatever they even want to do with their life is okay. Just protect and bless. Protect and bless. Check our prayer points. 100 prayer points. 80 is bless and protect. Am I right? Guide my coming in. Guide my going out. Don't let anything happen to my children. Guide my coming in. Guide my going out. You don't have a will. Don't, you don't have a say in my life. Just guide and bless and keep quiet. And we're fine. Then on the last day, don't forget to put me in the bus. I, I, mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's it. That's it. On the last day, don't let me miss. So we just check. What will make me miss the rapture? This is okay. No, no, fine. So we, we, we just... As, it's like we test the rules. How far can I go and still make the rapture? How far? How far? <laughs> Until your motivation for pleasing God is love. You have not started serving Him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We, we, we're going to have this conversation. This issue of discipleship, we need to press these things again. We need to remind ourselves of these things so that we don't forget. These are the basics. Because the basics of a believer is becoming a disciple of Jesus. That, that, that call comes with renouncing the world. We, 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 have to, we have to look at these things again. It comes with renouncing the world. Telling you, you know, I mean, you know that song, right? Goodbye world, I stay no longer with you. Goodbye pleasures of sin, I stay no longer with you. I've made up my mind to go God's way the rest of my life. How many of you know that song? Uh-uh. If you don't know that song, <laughs> we check your salvation. How many of you know that song? Goodbye world, I stay no longer with you. Goodbye pleasures of sin, I stay no longer with you. I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind to go God's way the rest of my life. I have made up my mind. That's where discipleship starts. Making up your mind and saying, listen, if I find the way of God in scriptures, that's the way I'll go. My flesh might not like it. Maybe on Sunday we'll have time to read the scripture. It says, if you, if you don't hate your own life, you cannot be my disciple." Because your life will stand on the way of discipleship. Your life, your desires. 
it, your, your own flesh will stand on that way. We talked about prayer, right? We talked about prayer. And what was the number one thing we said would stop people from praying? What was the number one thing? Sleep. You know that if you don't die to sleep, you won't have an effective prayer life. That's, that's, that's your own. So you have to hit that sleep, you know, thing there. If not, you won't be, you'll be a believer who doesn't pray. We talked about quiet time. The comfort of your bed and the, 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 the hurriness to go out will make you lose quiet. So you see that if you actually want to become a disciple of Jesus, you have to deny yourself certain things. Let's look at fasting, for instance. You have to deny yourself food to be able to fast and pray and trust God. Now, we're not talking about when you're fasting for problems, just to fellowship with God, to know God more. You have to deny yourself. To be able to pick up your Bible and read and study, you have to deny yourself. Because what your body wants is to watch TV. What your body wants is to watch football. What your body wants is to sleep. I mean, for some of us in this Bible studies today, it's not like it's convenient. Some of you are coming straight from work. You are tired. So, if you look at your body, your body will be saying, go home straight. Don't tell the driver you are stopping. Just go. You follow live streaming. Just go. Just go. Are you following what I'm saying? So, there is a level of telling your body. That's why Paul says, I put my body under subjection because if you don't hate your own life, you cannot be a disciple of Jesus. You cannot. There are not two ways about it. You can't carry your life in your hands and still want to be a disciple. See, because he that wants to save his life, he says he will lose it. But he that wants to lose his life for my sake will gain it. Not only in this life, but in the life to come. Praise God. Are you following this conversation? Let's look at the text here. Matthew 16, 24. This is actually my first Bible verse. <laughs> Discipleship. Matthew 16, 24. I was, I was in a meeting somewhere in the Middle East. Uh, uh, it was a Christian conference somewhere in one of these Middle Eastern countries. And they brought a guest speaker from Russia. He used to be a very elderly man. He used to be part of uh, had some thing with all those communist stuff and all of that. And when the man came, he actually has lost some teeth on his, in his mouth. Eh? And <laughs> you, know, you thought maybe it was just old age amazing to lose it until he was telling the story that they would put pliers in their feet and ask them to deny Jesus. And they wouldn't. Then they would pull and stuff. And they did that. I mean, he lost almost about four, about five or six of his. And he says, when they finished that, they would tell the person who was doing that, that you know what? We love you. You're doing this because you don't know Christ. You know, that's, not, that's, that's one thing you won't do, right? After about four of his things has been pulled out, when they, was in, when they were doing the fifth one, the guy broke down and cried and said, Listen, we've had prisoners, but you guys are different sets of prisoners. That 
I don't think any man will still love someone who does this kind of damage. That is discipleship. Not thunder fire you there. Not back to sender. Not anybody. You understand what I'm saying? Because those people, their prayer point has now been intertwined with the kingdom. All they want is that other men will know Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? Go and read Fox Books of the Matthias. You know when we read, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. In fact, I read that scripture some few days ago, and I just I got so annoyed with the way they teach it in church. Testimony time, we overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. Praise the Lord. After the last conversion, I just saw one second hand car. I was thinking it was one million, but because of the oil of evil, say one fifty. Is that what that scripture is talking about? That you bought a second hand car for one fifty. They were talking about people who didn't deny their lives. Who didn't love their lives unto death. That was the testimony they had. Not that they bought cars. They loved not their lives unto death. They overcame the beast. They overcame the system of Rome. <laughs> Go read church history. The Roman Emperor Nero set fire in a large portion of Rome and accused Christians that they were the ones that set the fire. So he set the whole town against Christians. So both market women, people that lost their goods and the emperor was against the, the believers. That was the atmosphere with which these people preached the gospel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Imagine setting a portion of this town on fire and then accusing us that as a church we're the one that set it on fire. Can you go to the market? That's, 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 that's the will in which Christianity was forged. That's what was handed over to us. That if it comes to a choice between your life and the kingdom, your life was worth nothing. They wanted to crucify Peter. He says, I'm, I'm unworthy, church history says, eh? to be crucified like my master. They should crucify me upside down. They were not even begging not to be crucified. When John went to the Isle of Patmos, it wasn't because it was a good island like us and he went on a boat cruise. Put him in the pot of boiling oil. The oil was done. John was still alive. There was no way to kill him because of his love work. When you walk in love, death cannot get a hold of you. So they took him to the island of Patmos as punishment. Let the beasts of those islands kill him there. The man landed on the island. Jesus appeared and gave him the whole book of Revelation in an island. If you were the one, you say, listen, you know what? Is, is this revelation that brought me here? I'm not writing anything. I'm not. Ask yourself, what, what makes people give up on God? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I applied for a job. They didn't take me. I'm tired. I've been waiting for a husband. You know, you see the conversation we're having with ourselves right now? Everybody that wants to marry says he wants to sleep with me. Uh, the way it is looking now, are you not sure I will just do it so that I will just be married? Do you understand the conversation? We're not even saying what does the word of God say anymore. 
I mean, you, see, you hear Christians ask some questions. How will you know if the person you are getting married to can take in? Because one of my uncle married one woman for 30 years now, they are looking for children. So, why not if the... Are you, are you, are you, are you having that conversation? Talking to my wife about one of our pastors who kind of like a role model will look up to in the ministry. They got married and he said that for the sake of the kingdom, they will not have children. So, they would have time to preach. If I had thought about it today when I was thinking of this discipleship, and I told that today again, I said that commitment is strong. You know, I, even me. I mean, so I was just telling my wife that. But the only challenge is that they won't have continuity. You see the way I'm still thinking? Who will carry my name? Do you, can you say that? Can you say the, the thought again? Because, I mean, thinking of the children now, the idea is who will carry my name? Who will take care of me when I'm old? Are you seeing again now? That. Why you people are seven is because your father wants somebody that if the first one does not look after me, the second one will not look. So you are all investments. Do you see that now? There's no kingdom to it. There's no Lord, I want six children so at least three can be missionaries. No. At least one doctor, one engineer, one accountant. If three are not good, at least three. You, you know, you guys are just mathematical stuff. You understand what I'm now? Self. Every decision is self. Every decision is self. Why will I choose to pastor here and not go pastor in one village? The first question is, how much can they pay me there? Why will I not go to Guinea-Conakry to preach, or Equatorial Guinea, or Cameroon? Why will I want to go to Germany, and US, and New York? Why is God calling everybody abroad? Because dollars is... It's 400 Why do we even want the power to do miracles? So we can become the next God's general. It's not for the kingdom. Because all God needs to do to test our heart is say, you know what? This miraculous power you are praying for, I will give it to your neighbor. You go and serve your neighbor. Say you want cripples to walk and blind eyes to be open. You go and serve him. Let me anoint him to do the work. You realize if it's like that, let people just stay blind. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Because if we are used in that way, we will become celebrities in the kingdom. There will be protocol efforts at every, every city we go to. Our names will be on every flyer. You see how sometimes we quarrel over our pictures that are not on flyers? Because everything is self. How will they know I'm the one coming? See, little kids that God just called into ministry a few months ago. See how they announce their programs. We are storming the city. Sam, Philip was a deacon who went to Samaria. No hand be, no flyer. By the time he was done, the scripture says they were, there was great joy in the city. While he was still there, God sent a special chariot and took him without transportation to the desert to preach to a utopian eunuch. He finished and God took him again. Can you see how much trust God had in Philip? That there was no transport fare. He finished preaching to the eunuch. He did not say, you know what? You know, after this message, I didn't come here on my own. But the ministry is going on in Samaria. We need to build an auditorium. You, you, there's envelope. I came with envelope here. Plant a seed. No time to receive offering. 
Are you hearing this thing? We are going to have serious conversations on this thing, on discipleship. Because we all need to call ourselves to order from the poopy to the pew. We can't, we can't alternate the version of Christianity. We must seek for the Asian parts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We must seek for the Asian parts. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We are honored that you would speak to us in this way. We make adjustments in our heart and as we continue with this conversation of discipleship, we pray that you would strengthen our hearts. Lord, I'm asking that you will cause this word to go forth and the hearts of people will be open to us. And Father God, men and women all over will make adjustments. Even in our own lives, we'll make adjustments where this is concerned. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Please, don't forget we're praying. Come Don't forget we're praying tonight, 8 to 8.30. Join the Mike's Lord link and share it on your status and be part of the prayers. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, let's package our seats. Let's package our offerings. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.